Hello, welcome to 2024. You are, you are listening to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Thank you to Pet Sitters Associates and our Patreon members for sponsoring today's show. We greatly appreciate you. If you have found value in the over 400 episodes that we have produced, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support to see all of the ways that you can help out. We are now officially in a new year. And Welcome. 2023 gave us a lot of lessons. It was uh, very hard for us in in business wise. It was very hard. Yeah, it was. It was definitely uh, not what we expected going into the year. Through us, a lot of curveballs. So as we kick off 2024, we wanted to talk about some of the lessons that we learned from our business, some of the takeaways, some of the hard things that we dealt with, and how we overcame them. It was. Interesting because it was our best year ever from a revenue perspective. We grew our staff a lot. We grew the number of our staff. We grew our our revenue. We did more visits than we ever have before. And we grew our client base by a substantial amount. So from the outset, just reflecting on 2023, if you look at by the numbers from that perspective, it was a fantastic year, but it was hard. We these did these did not come easily to us. You know, our our mission as a company is to help pet parents live their best life through all stages of life with their pet. And 2023 certainly made that difficult for a lot of different reasons. And so we really wanted to talk about four challenges that we faced as a company last year and what we learned from those. We changed softwares halfway through the year, and now we use Time to Pet, which is amazing. Yeah, the software that we were using was great for us when we were small. But as we grew, we really started to torture the software more and more and found more places where it broke for us as a company. As we added staff, as we added complexity, we, it, we were using it in a way that it was never meant to be used. Staff found it clunky and overwhelming. Our clients didn't like the booking process. It started to fail on us. Messages didn't get sent Things weren't backed up and they weren't synced. And so what we decided to do, Megan said halfway through the year, and yes, a a, a month before the July 4th weekend, um, which is a very busy time, we completely ripped out the entire back end of our company and replaced it with Time to Pet. And while we are never going to use another software because we absolutely love Time to Pet, it was met with some challenges. With staff, they loved it, but it was a new system to learn, a new system to how how does this work? What Where do we go to find this? There was a lot of information that they could now go and surface that really wasn't available before. Before, there was just one place to find information. And with Time to Pet, there's a lot of nuance to it. And it's great because clients can add a bunch of different details, but it was a learning curve for our staff. For clients as well, we said, hey, we are going to be transitioning to a new system, a new software software. You're going to need to activate your account. There's some steps that you're going to need to do to update your information. And this is how you schedule. And Time to Pet is great with a lot of a lot of videos and a lot of tutorials. But it was still a challenge for our clients to move to a new system. Change is hard. Yeah. So it, it meant we had to shoot a lot of to, how-to videos, especially for our staff. We had to change things about our policies, about our procedures, about our expectations for what reports look like. So we had to go back and rip into our field operations manuals and all of these things and clients helping them along this process of while it's an easier system, it's just a different system and encouraging people and, and trying to set up a timeline and then making sure nothing got missed and scheduling and, and making sure that, you know, the, the, for a while we were running both systems simultaneously just to make sure things didn't fall through the cracks. 
and it was challenging because now we we added way more to our plate during a very very busy time for our company but it was necessary and on the back end it has certainly paid off but at the time it felt very uh it was very monumental <laughs> it was very like i don't know if we're going to be able to get over this hump but we did and we're really glad we got on the other side the second challenge we faced this year was with client behavior it seemed as the year progressed Price sensitivity was a huge issue for people, even some with our existing clients as well. We lost a few of our dog walks and pet sits because the economy and it's slowing and our we had to we increased our prices this year and people some of them did not go along the ride with us. That led us to try and offer some more affordable options. I know we talked about on, on previous episodes about how we can structure something that is not cheap, that is still a premium service, but maybe more affordable for people. So that's where we came up with a, a 20 for 20 kind of service that we can offer people that still is uh, profitable for us. It's easy for staff to get involved in, makes it more approachable for our existing clients to retain them. And then something that is, I, I think it's a struggle for a lot of people, it, or it may just be our clients, the, the booking timeline. How, when do they expect to be able to book their services? You know, five years ago, clients would know, okay, Christmas is coming up. I'm going to book 18 months out. Or maybe I'm going to book a cruise in two years. I'm going to go ahead and book your services then. That is not the case, at least for our clients and our, where we live now. People expect to be able to book three days before they leave on a week-long vacation. That is just how people are managing their time. COVID really broke a lot of people. It broke their expectations and it changed how they plan their time. They expect and are able to book hotels last minute, flights last minute, car rentals last minute. All of the travel industry has adapted to this last minute kind of thing. And we are trying to keep up with that and figure out how do we make that work from a logistics standpoint, making sure that we have the staff on hand, that we have the capacity ready to go, while also balancing, making sure that we don't get overwhelmed. And it was quite frustrating because we kept saying in our email newsletters and our on our social media to book early. It just seems that something that we are doing is, is not resonating with people in order to get them to take action sooner. Yeah, to put this into perspective, I think a month and a half before Thanksgiving, we were probably at like 20, maybe 25% capacity. And we were thinking, okay, maybe nobody's traveling for Thanksgiving this year. And then three weeks before Thanksgiving, we were at like 75% capacity. And then a week before Thanksgiving, we were at 120% capacity. <laughs> and people were just like, up until the very last, it was so bizarre to watch that unfold and going, okay, well, maybe it's not going to be as busy. Oh, nope, it's actually busier than it was previously, but people waited way up until the last minute. And so doing things like setting expectations for all visits must be booked by set time or uh, you know, changing cancellation policies, things like that, to try and make it easier for our clients to get into their brains that, no, you do need to book these early. And it, that is the expectation. So retraining people has been something we've been working on this year. I think our biggest challenge through 2023 has been staff retention. It has been very difficult, and it doesn't seem like it's just an hour business problem, but it's industry-wide of retaining people getting people in the door, having them excel, and then retaining them. We had such a big problem with this that we actually had over one over a 100% turnover this year, which is abysmal. 
<laughs> and it really felt like it. it. It was it just seemed like it was a huge slog this year of trying to get people to stay. And we tried a lot of different tactics. We tried being flexible because that's what people are wanting nowadays. We also changed a lot about our hiring and onboarding process, I think, is one of the biggest things that we did to make sure that we set up the expectations appropriately from day zero, right? And, and especially, like you said, Megan, like we are ending this year with fewer staff than we started the year with. That's not it's not very uplifting. Right? It doesn't, especially when you think of it, the big year that we had. It really puts into into stark contrast the the slog it was to get there. So we, we've started to look for people and hiring people that are wanting more of a lifestyle kind of job, not something that they just can show up and do. And that is an expectation that we have found that a lot of people coming into the job market are wanting. They want to show up at five o'clock to start at five o'clock, and that is not something that can be done in the pet care industry, in this in-home pet care and dog walking. There is prep work that you have to do before you show up at five o'clock. You've got to look at the weather. You've got to think about your clothing. You've got to look at the schedule. And you have to also look at all the information that is there in the software for the pet. And a lot of people just don't want to do that. And, And the people that have left our company, they've all said, you have an amazing service. I'm going to recommend you to other people. I love what you do. It's not for me. Basically saying, that's not a kind of job that I can fit into the way I live, or that wasn't what I want to do with my time. Because as we see it, there are really three models of staffing in the pet care industry. I mean, for the longest time, it was the use of ICs, independent contractors, where they got to pick and choose the times of days, the visits they wanted to do, when and where and how they wanted to work. Then the industry transitioned and is still transitioning more to an employee model, where the employees are paid either hourly or piecemeal work and they are trained But there is still this tendency to have them select the days and times that they want to work. The industry is also starting to make even smaller shifts now towards a a true, more more like a shift work of set time and days where people are expected to work. This morning, afternoon, evening, weekend kind of positions where the business hires for a time, for an actual position, and then pays those employees an hourly rate of this, okay, we want you to sign up and you're going to work 6 to 12, or you're going to work 11 to 5, or you're going to work 5 to 10, or 4 to 10. Something like, and, and that's Monday through Friday every day is when you're going to work in that shift, and we'll pay you hourly for the time that you're working in there. And that's the model we are trying to grow in our business and to make a thing. And that is a, a model that is hard for a lot of people coming into the industry as hires to expect because they expect to be able to turn this on and off. They expect it to be something that is just a gig or just a side thing that they are not looking to take seriously, like a true part-time job. And so trying to set those expectations up front and trying to set everything to make them be successful, make it worth their time while we still retain profitability as a business is something that we have been working to really refine this year. And so after talking with a ton of people about this, the silver lining to this is really, this is just the hiring market that businesses are in. It's just going to be hard for a while. And while that might not sound really comforting, it is to us because it lets us know, A, we're not the only ones struggling, and and B, we're not 
doing anything wrong in our processes or in our procedures or anything like that. It's just the job pool. It's just the job market and the people's expectations coming and going through what they're looking for. The last big challenge that we've had this year has been the market fit, breaking the mold of kennel and boarding culture in our area. And that has been difficult because people don't often think about in-home pet care. I feel like even though we try to shout it from the rooftops and try to educate people on what we do, it still seems that we aren't heard or people aren't listening or maybe they just we haven't reached the right people for the service that we're trying to offer. Well, they just don't think about it. In in our area in our neck of the woods, first and foremost when people think pet care, they think boarding, they think daycare, they think kennel, facility. That's where they go to. It's the it's the culture, it's the mindset of pet parents. Is that's what they go to. So it's not just, oh, we need to educate about how we're different or like why choose us over another in-home pet care service because that's not the education that we're trying to do. We're trying to do the education that in-home pet care service is a thing. It's something that is an option for you. And this does leach back up into the other changing thing about client behavior, about price sensitivity. Because our services are premium, are one-on-one, are in-home, are way more tailored than a boarding, than a kennel, than daycare, that, that, that does mean that our prices tend to be, and actually are, quite a bit higher than people's expectations. So not only... Are in in our area the the mind share is in boarding and kennel, but then when people think about pricing, we've actually gotten calls and they've gone. I contacted a boarder, but their prices were too high. Can I want to know what your prices are? At which point, that's a very tough conversation to have with somebody when they're that price sensitive. You know, we do the best we can. We educate them about that, but piecing together all of those little things of going. Not only are we in the position of going, no, not just this is a kind of pet care that is out there, but it is worth paying for also. Because when people do think in-home care, they think I can get my friend, family, neighbors, acquaintance, my people I already know, like, and trust, and we'll do it for free or a case of beer or some cookies. Now we go, okay, now, sure, you used to get that from your neighbor. We need to be paying for that now. That is, a, It's a premium service. This educational thing is a long game. It is something that we are in, that we are pushing the envelope for where we live, and it's just meant that we've had to change how we market and what our messaging actually is for people in our area. Yeah, a lot more in-home, come-to-you, personalized, specialized, one-on-one, more of that type of language. And we've also talked about how we are the full double-decker cheeseburger with all of the toppings on top, and a lot of people... If they aren't going to go to a board or a kennel, they just want the bare bones, like plain hamburger. And we get on the phone with them and we go, well, we can we offer this and this and this. And these are all the benefits and the bells and whistles of us. And they just go, well, I just want a plain hamburger. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that the, the keyword, key just. Anytime on, on a phone conversation or we get a message from somebody on an email or through direct message or through our software, when they say, just, I just need. That's a key word that we go, okay, this person is asking for a plain hamburger. They're not looking for the the double deluxe thing. So now that I know that they want the basics, how do I phrase and present to them 
what we do offer, and hopefully they do see that value. But it's understanding that at the end of the day, if people are that price sensitive, they're looking for these things, they want what they've gotten in the past. Because again, if they've only ever used a certain kind of pet care, but that's not an option because they waited too late to book because that's what people are doing. They're waiting too late to book and then they come and they're looking for all their options. They do, they're they unfamiliar with our kind of service. And now we are having to educate them on all, all of the benefits and why the price is so much higher. Most people are immediately turned off. It's, it's a big ask for a lot of people. And, and, that's, and that's just part of this understanding of this in this new economy, in this new market, in this new understanding of what that client's expectations are. How do we fit into that? Where do we position ourselves? How do we talk to people? It's really stretched us and, and pushed us a heck of a lot further than we were at the beginning of this year as we've experienced this, as, as we've really dug into what the market's actually like and gotten down and understood what's driving it. Well, and I think also we've come to the realization that we're not going to be able to convert everybody. You know, we track our clients of track our potential clients of who contacts us and through what method. But most of them, if they say boarding, they don't convert. That's that's not our potential client. And we can talk talk on the phone with them till they're till we're all blue in the face. But if they want what they want and they what they want is not us. I can't, I'm not going to be able to say anything or say some flowery language that's going to convince them to use me. Yeah. And again, that's not to say that we don't try. And that's not to say we also haven't had people who wanted boarding or wanting, wanting a daycare and decided to use our service because some, nothing else was available. We've gotten that plenty of times. But you know, those conversion rates are really low. And being okay with that and just sitting with that and going, that's just the reality. That's just the reality that it is right now. I can't change somebody's pocketbook. If they can only afford $7 a day and I'm way more than $7 a day, they're never going to go with me. And I have to be okay with that. Absolutely. Something that is great no matter the time of year is Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when you join by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to check out. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. So what do we do with all of that? All of those challenges. We have grown in 2023, but it was very rough. By golly, it has. So we wanted to process those things through some questions. And the first one is, what are our options now? With these challenges, what do we do? We can either close up shop and say, well, it's been a really rough year, so thank you and goodbye. <laughs> or we can keep going. We can say we have gone into the valley. We have done, we have dealt with these things, but we do see a light at the end of the tunnel and we want to keep going. And that really feeds into the second question that we ask ourselves standing here in 2024 going, what can we change? Given the challenges that we faced in 2023, what is under our control? We've already talked about some things that are way outside of our control, of the expectations of new hires. What is the actual job market like right now? What's the pool of people looking for jobs, and what are they expecting? Can we even possibly meet those, yes or no? If we can't change those, 
We can't change the people in the job market. That's not something we can stress about. Or with potential clients. I can't change their pocketbook. I can't change the number of daycare and boarding facilities in my area. So what can I change? So we can look at our prices. We can look at our services. We can look at our service area. We can look at how we offer services. We can look at when we're scheduling things. We can look at when we're open, maybe when we're closed. We can look at all of those things in addition to the, the booking timelines. We can control when we message clients about booking. We can control when we say no to clients. And yes, it's going to sting whenever the, a really great long-term client books today for a visit that or for visits that start tomorrow that go for two weeks because they just decided to go to Europe because yes, that's happened. Like, But we're going to have to tell them no. And that is something that we can change. When we look at challenges in the world, at the end of the day, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the challenge you're facing or we're facing in our business, we can only change what we can control. And too often, we think way too highly of ourselves, of what we think we can control. When in reality, it's way more limited than we actually expect. And that should be so freeing to us. Because when we think about control, it's not about breadth. It's about depth of, I could maybe try and influence somebody over the phone, but it's going to be very weak. It's going to be very tenuous. But myself, my behavior, my reactions, how I respond in that situation, that is a deep that is deep work that ha- that is going to take place and will be long lasting as well. Another question is, what opportunities are we overlooking? Is there someone that we can partner with that we haven't thought about for a long time that we met at the beginning of the year through a networking event? Are there things that we are underutilizing? Are there memberships that we aren't taking full advantage of? Are there places where we do need to go and do some more door knocking? Or do we need to, with our knowledge of the market and client expectations, re-look at our services and go, maybe there's something else we can add here. Maybe there is an opportunity that we've missed in the language that clients have been using in their expectations that we actually can and are going to be really good at filling. So sitting in that and going, okay, I've got a lot of data. It's not in a spreadsheet. It's, uh, this stuff is hard to fit in a spreadsheet, but we know what people are asking for. We know what their expectations are. How do we weave in between those? As far as staff retention, are there employees that we have or that you have that want to do more, that either want to pick up more hours or want to do more things in your company or different things? Have you picked their brains lately on how they can be more involved in the company about their their opinions, their feedback, where they see that we can improve as a company? Because if they see you as the boss investing in them, wanting their opinion, seeing them as a valued member of the team, they are more likely to stick around. Also ask yourself, what can I learn from what just happened. And you don't have to do this at the end of the year. You can do this at as, as you are going through a challenge. And, and as we've even presented here, some of our challenges are not yet done. We have not yet fully overcome them. Instead, what we have learned is we are going to have to adapt and sit with these for a while. What we thought would just be a quick, okay, I can change one thing and it'll make it better. Oh, and that turned into, okay, I'm going to need to change two things and maybe that'll get better. And now it's three things. And now, nope, none of that actually 
it's a continuing evolving process. It's a hit and miss kind of thing. There's no one size fits all. There's no golden ticket to getting through this. It's just a lot of hard work. And that's one of the biggest lessons from this is the lesson of working with staff and that, that turnover with them going, okay, that's just part of this. That's what we've agreed to. That's what we've signed up to. That's what we get to do today. That's what we get to do today is involve ourselves in that and take on that and manage that and finding joy in that, that lesson of going, I'm going to do this now. And that means I'm going to be just a little bit better the next time we have to go through this. As we dig into our market, the more no's that we get from potential clients, the more no's we get from partnerships, the more no's that we get from avenues that we try and pursue. Those are lessons learned of how do we fit here? How do we operate as a company the way we want to operate, the benefits that we see bringing into this? How do we shape and mold that into the community and fit that with maybe what people don't even know, expect, or know that they want yet? And that's totally fine. And going, we're learning, we're learning that we've got a lot more work to do and trying to get excited about that. Really going into the new year refreshed, maybe not refreshed, but ready, (laughs) but going, there are opportunities here for us to do more and dig in deep. Well, and with that, the last question is, what does this make possible? I think the spirit of this is, now that I am where I am, what does this make possible? And for us going, okay, sure, we have lost some staff and we aren't taking on as many clients as we expected to. Well, that's probably because of the economy and I can't control that. And staff are leaving me for their own individual reasons. So we are a a lean, mean, fighting machine kind of company right now. We're way more nimble. Right, We can actually adapt a lot faster right now. It's not as big of a ship that we're having to move and turn and juxtapose against things. We can try a lot of things. We can really experiment with the kind of services that we offer, how we offer them, and when we offer them, and where we do that within our service radius. It really means that we can take advantage of the dedicated, hardcore staff that are with us to t- go along that journey because they're bought in. They know exactly what they got into and they love it. And to lean into that as a company and go, you all are here because you want to be, not because it's just another part-time job, not because it's just you know something along those lines. Let's try and work together to make something happen here and realizing that that is an amazing thing to have. It's so beautiful to have before you that would not have been possible before. In the end, though, even though 2023 was a tough year, there are some things that we are very proud of. We did a lot of large projects this year, and one of them was a very super cute pup named Dax. He is part of our senior support services for those in assisted or independent living facilities. So far, we have been caring for him three times a day, seven days a week for the past year and a half. That has been a massive project. (laughs) We have needed a lot of staff members to accomplish that, and we've done it. When the family first contacted us, they said, we want mom to just love the dog. We just want her to love it. We don't want to worry about anything else. So three times a day, seven days a week, last year and a half, we've done grooming visits. We've done visits to vets. We've done all sorts of things, taking care of food, water, medications, brushing, all of that stuff so that she can just have a dog and love on him. 
And then also because of our team approach where we use where we do have scheduling of morning, afternoon, evening. So for when clients travel and they need three visits a day, there will be three different staff members doing that. We think that's really important to give the staff members time off, keep them fresh, and allows us to do things like when we had a client reach out to us over the summer and ask us, hey, last year I traveled and I needed to board my dog, but nobody would keep up with the grooming requirements of my dog because he has this long, flowy coat. It's absolutely gorgeous. And so it broke her heart, but she shaved her dog so they could go on their month and a half long vacation, which they do every year. But this year she thought would be different. She wanted to find a different option and she came to us. She said, I'm not shaving my dog. Can you keep up with his grooming? We said, absolutely. So for four times a day, for a month and a half straight, we kept up with not just his grooming, but their ragdoll cats grooming. We watered their plants. We kept everything pristine and they came back and there was not a single knot in that dog's hair. We're incredibly proud of this. Because of our team-based approach and the dedication of our staff, we were able to take on that large project. Additionally, we're really proud of the fact that we have embraced automation as much as we possibly can. Now, this was really driven out of the turnover that we had of staff, of how can we keep people coming in through the door, get them trained, get them ready, get them up to speed without sucking away all of Megan's and my time in that process. So for our training, for our onboarding of staff, we click one button that immediately schedules 12 things and automatically sends out messages at set time intervals to bring that person on board, provide them the online training and all of the videos and the tests and everything involved with that. It took a lot of time to get set up, it was, uh, <laughs> and, but it saved us so much time on the back end. We are also proud of hosting two pet loss memorial events this year. We started this a couple years ago because our mission as a company is to help pet parents live their best life through all stages of life with their pet. And one day, unfortunately, that will be to help pet parents live their best life through all stages of life without their pet. Pets don't live long enough, unfortunately. And so we thought, what a great way to really support, come alongside pet parents and offer them this way to cope because pet loss is not something that's often talked about. It's definitely not accepted, and we wanted to normalize that. So we hosted one in each of our service areas, and we hope to continue that for years to come. We would like to know how your 2023 was. Was it good? Was it rough? What are you looking forward to in this new year? What lessons are you taking from last year into this year? You can email us at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Thank you very much for taking your time listening to this today. We are so excited for this new year. Hopefully you are too. And we will talk with you next time. Bye. (laughs) 